0: Okay, so this subject of overflow, you know where it came from? I mean, it it comes from the Bible. The Jews, and you won't really see this in the Bible, but the Jews, they actually feel about a meal, that a meal is not really considered a meal unless a man is filled, okay? And you you guys agree, right? I mean, if you walk away from the table when you're still hungry, it wasn't a meal. That was just a snack, right? Let's go back. And I've seen some of you eat snacks. You know, you get full off those too. Like, you know, if you don't get full off of a snack, you know, it's not really a snack. You know... But they carry it a little farther than that. That it's not considered a a honorable or great meal if there's not something left after everyone is full. Now that's the way the Jews looked at it. It's it's it's, It's not a meal unless a man is full and there's food left on the table, because God is their is their father. This is where they picked this up from. You know, he they were his children. Old Testament. Before we were adopted in, everybody in the world now is invited to be part of the family. But before we were adopted in, they were his children. And where did they learn it? They learned it from God. This is who God is. He's a God of abundance. He's a God of a little bit more. You know, I've got a, a longtime friend in ministry. He's been in music ministry long, longer than I've been in ministry. And uh, I've said about him a lot of times that his, his rule is about sound and, you know, the volume. is turn it up as loud as people can stand it. And then one more notch. <laughs> you know? And that's the way God is. Not, not with the, the volume of the, of, of the music, but that's the way he is with your stuff. God wants to bless you with as much as you can handle. And then one more notch. That's who God is. And so I'll give you some, some examples right here. And I won't preach these, but uh, just some exa- these are just six examples. And we could go on and on and on about abundance. Uh, the daily manna and quail when the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness. In the morning, they went out, there was, there was manna on the ground, these little wafers that had just fallen out of the sky. To, and, and every evening, God would blow the quail in. All they had to do was go and pick up the manna, go catch a quail, clean it, Cook it, need it. I left out the cooking part in the second service. So yeah, cook, cook it too. You know, Clean it, cook it, need it. I mean, that's all they had to do, just gather the stuff. And, and I know that there was an abundance because God told them, don't take any more than you need for today. Some of them didn't, didn't believe that, and so they took extra. And the next morning, it had, uh, it, it had uh, produced worms or maggots. Okay, so that tells me that there was more out there than they needed. Right, that's God, right? Uh, Elijah in the jar of oil. Remember the lady? She said, I was, I'm about to cook my last, last little cake for me and my son, and we're going to die. There's a great famine. And, and Elijah said, fix one for me first. And when she did, then every time she went back to the oil, every time she went back to the meal, there was enough for her. So she was, she was looking just for enough for today. God gave her enough. For the rest of her life. And, and Elisha had, had a situation. 2 Kings chapter 4. He had a, one, of the, one of his prophets. Uh, his uh, Had passed away. And wife came to him. The widow came to him. And said, uh, said you know we've got some debt. And so now the creditors are coming. They're going to take my son. Sell them into slavery. And pay off the debt. What am I going to do? And she, all she had was a little oil. And God performed a miracle. Where he multiplied. Multiplied and multiplied the oil. To pay off all of her debt. But then also. She lived the rest of her life on the oil that was left there, and as she sold it, and was able to make the money, so she had what she needed, and some more. That's God, uh, and you you may remember the five thousand families that Jesus fed. That's not the first time He did this, because Second Kings chapter four, God fed a hundred men with a few loaves of bread and a basket full of corn. In Luke chapter 5, the abundance of fish, Jesus did this. This was at the beginning of his ministry before the disciples were really involved in ministry with him. And and he does it again at the very end of his ministry where the disciples, they've been out fishing all night long and they've not caught anything. And they tell Jesus, he said, throw your net on the other side. And so they do. And when they start hauling the net up, there's so many fish in it, their net begins to break and their boat begins to sink. Now, when your net's breaking and your boat's sinking, you are too blessed. Amen? <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's who God is. And then the 5,000 families that he fed. And I say 5,000 because there were 5,000 men, so there were women and children there too. So about 5,000 families. That's in John chapter 6. And I want to read that one to you, okay? Because I want to refer back to a couple of things in there. So John chapter 6, verse 5 through 13 When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Jesus asked this only to test Philip because Jesus already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to just have a bite. Another one of Jesus' disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish But how far will they go among so many so jesus said have the people sit down there was plenty of grass in that place They just sat right down on the grass about 5,000 men were there Jesus then took the loaves gave thanks distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted He did the same with the fish when they had all had enough to eat He said this to the disciples "Gather the pieces that are left over Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. God is a God of abundance. They ended up with 12 times as much as they had before they fed 5,000 people. God is a God of abundance. God does not do halfway. I don't even think the word halfway is in God's vocabulary. I don't think he knows how to do halfway. I mean, if God feeds you today, you will not leave here Half full if God feeds you you will be full if God blesses you you will be blessed and blessed in abundance You'll be blessed like this. Okay, if God does anything for you. It's not going to be halfway He doesn't know how to do it. He doesn't like halfway. Did you know that? There's even a time in the book of revelations where he says now I wish you were either hot or cold, but because you're not hot or cold. You're kind of lukewarm You make me sick to my stomach and I spit you out of my mouth Say, well, that's really mean. A God? No. You ever had food that was supposed to be hot and it was lukewarm, or you had something that was supposed to be cold and it was warm, and it was just nasty to you. That's what God is saying. You're supposed to be hot, but if you're not hot, at least be cold. Don't just be sickening to me. He says, I can't stand halfway. So God doesn't do. He does not know how to do halfway. He's a God of abundance, and that's where we get overflow from. There's always overflow. There's always overflow available. And there's always overflow in the life of those who are in faithful covenant relationship with God. The cup symbolizes us and our need. The sand symbolizes God's abundance and blessings, the overflow. So this overflow in the cup, first of all, are all of your needs. Everything you need is in the cup. That's what the cup symbolizes. As God pours into you, this is your need, and God has filled your need. The daily bread that you need to uh, to, to eat, you know uh, what you need to buy lunch tomorrow, you know breakfast all week, uh, pay your light bill, uh, pay your car payment, pay for your education. All of those things are right here, right here in the cup. Your your daily daily needs, they're they're right there in the cup. Your taxes, you know. And listen, we're a church that really focuses on trying to reach uh, those who aren't in church. And when you do that, you find people with all kinds of needs and. There are a lot of you that say you're struggling paying back taxes. Guess what? He provides it. It's in the cup. Okay, when he pours out, when you get in that covenant faithful relationship with him, it's taken care of. Your retirement, some of you, you're getting kind of concerned about that, getting a little closer to to, to those. Well, I guess every day you live, you get a little closer to that, right? And and some of you, even a good bit younger than me, you're thinking Social Security's not going to be there when I get there, so you really work. Guess what? It's in the cup, okay? He's providing that today for you to set aside all of that, even your recreation. You know, God wants you to have a good time. He wants you to enjoy life. He created laughter. He created emotion. He created all those things. He wants you to enjoy all of them. You know, he he wants you to load the grandkids up and go to Six Flags, you know, every once in a while to do those kinds of things. You know, I talked last week. I mentioned last week how I think one of the most pure, greatest joys in the earth is handing a kid an ice cream cone. Yep, it's provided for right there. That's what he does when he pours into the money I have to be able to buy, you know, my grandson an ice cream cone. It's right there. I got it from him. All of that is from him. But what about this? Overflow business. You know, what about the overflow? You know, uh, the next line there because I got uh, Albert Barnes says, everything should be applied to its appropriate end and nothing should be squandered or lost. So that's the way we look at this. We look at this as waste, right? I mean, it, you know, some of you ladies probably, if you saw this when you walked in, if you're like my wife, you thought, we got to get a broom in and, a, and a vacuum cleaner up there and fix that real quick. I mean, somebody made a big mess up there, right? You know, that, that, that's the way we look at it. This is a mess. Somebody wasted sand. It's everywhere. Now, you know what? Wasting is when, as Albert Barnes said, it's when you use something or misuse something and you don't use it for the intended purpose. And this is, this has a purpose. Okay? This has a purpose. Jesus said, gather up the fragments. John chapter 6, remember the 5,000. He said, gather up the fragments that nothing be lost. Now, now why did he do that? They had a purpose. Those fragments had a purpose. Perhaps it was that Jesus said, Okay, disciples, go gather up all that, and you guys take that with you because, you know, that's your lunch the rest of this week. Uh, and it, that was one of the things that also in Jewish culture, that like it, it, if servants were serving at, at a big dinner and they had leftover food, they would give it to the servants. You know, it's not really right for the servant, you know, be taking all that food out there and, you know, be hungry and say, Man, right, this is good. And it'd be a Pot left on you know uh, an extra pot left on the uh, on the stove and not give it to the servants So that might be why they uh, you know what they did with it uh, I've often thought that maybe they gave it right back to the little boy You know who had you know who gave it in the first place, you know as payment back to him He got to carry it home and and share it with his family or maybe it was that Jesus knowing where they were going to be in the next few days He knew the ministry that they were going to be doing they were going into in into villages and towns where people hadn't eaten good in a while and so he said, "Go gather it, guys." And so the disciples gathered it, and they gathered the 12 baskets full, and, and they, they probably each had a, a little basket, uh, I'm told that's one of the things in Jewish culture also in those days that they, they kind of carried a basket around with them, where they could carry you know, things that they would need, especially as itinerant mi- ministry workers as they were. They needed you know a, a blanket and they needed something to lay their heads on. And so they probably had and so that's probably what they, they got it together with, and so they had it in these baskets. and maybe it was to go to the people in the next town that we're going to minister to, I don't know what the need were, was, but Jesus said, "Gather up the fragments that none is wasted, because there is purpose in the overflow." Yet there is purpose in the overflow. And what do we like to do with the overflow? What do we we, we like? Ha! Party, man! Now we got some extra this week, <laughs> you know? Oh, it's a, you find a twenty-dollar bill. What are you thinking, man? I don't have to have a hot dog for lunch today. You know, you have something good today, right? Because, you know, you'd say uh, maybe, maybe you get a big bonus at work, you know. You know, get a couple hundred dollars. Say, hey, you know, call, call home. Say, hey, let's plan to go to Six Flags this weekend. Got some extra money, you know. I mean, that's the way we look at things. Or, or we're kind of like, oh, well, here, let me get some of this right over here. This is for me. You know, like the rich ruler. You remember the, or the rich man in, uh, that Jesus called a foolish rich man? He said that this rich man received abundance and abundance and overflow and overflow into his life. And instead of ever looking out and seeing, God, is there somebody you need me to help with some of this? I got more than I can handle, God. You know what he did? He said, I got more than I can handle. My barns are already full. So I'll tear down my barns. I'll big, bigger, build bigger ones. And that's what he did. And Jesus called him a fool and said, fool, your your soul's going to be required of you this night. You never realized why I gave you all this. You have all you need. Now listen, he's not saying you need to take out of your cup and do He said, no, I'm giving you. This is, this is the... This is the way this works is God gives you the extra. He takes care of you in the cup, but he gives you the extra because there's somebody close to you that doesn't know how to get the extra on their own because they don't know Jesus and they don't know how to pray. And when Jesus blesses you in this way that you're able to take some and take it to somebody else, all of a sudden now you become an example of Jesus Christ's love and generosity in their life. And instead of seeing somebody, you know, instead of seeing somebody like the media and a lot of people portray us to be today, they see the true heart of Christianity and what Jesus Christ is all about. He fills us. And he fills us to overflowing like this. You remember a couple, I know that's just sand, but that was about a thousand blessings from God right there. just fell, right? <laughs> remember a few weeks ago I said that he, he fills us like this. Because he wants to slosh it out on everybody everywhere around us. I have to be careful with this if I'm not going to spit. But don't be careful with it. Because if you're using it the way he wants you to use it, there's plenty to go around. Every, okay, ladies, y'all settle down. It'll be all right. We'll get the vacuum <laughs> later. right? <laughs> there's plenty to go around, but you know, just everywhere I go, everywhere and everybody I'm around. All these needy people. It's just pouring out and pouring out and pouring out because he's giving me too much. He's giving me too much. And there's purpose in it. And when you squander it by accident or you squander it on purpose, you know what you do? You pretty much do this. You cut it off. You're done. Because God knows he can no longer get a need through you to somebody else. He's got to go find somebody else that's willing to say, hey, God, drop $20 in my lap and I'll hand it to whoever you need me to hand it to. God, give me a bonus this week, and I'll go find that family that's not going to have a good Christmas this year. He has to go find someone else. Now, I don't know if y'all know, but, um, but Dava is going to win the Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes. She's been prophesying it for years and years and years, you know, and, and uh, I, don't, I hadn't caught her anointing her envelope yet with oil. To pray over it, but, <laughs> but, you know, and you know what I think? I think, just get God's blessings off my hand there, kind of... <laughs> You know, I think if, if, if she were to win that, I don't know, we wouldn't have that money long. You know, you, you know the stories, right? Everybody, I mean, they all spend it real quick. On, you know, the people, they win lotteries or things, and they end up with nothing real soon. But we just know so many needs. We know so many people struggling. We know so many needs. And I, I can't imagine us holding to it very long because, man, we're just constantly, you know, finding other people in need. And you know... The problem with you know, relying on the lottery or, you know, or, or a windfall or something like that coming into your life is, what happens when that runs out? You're still relying on the lottery or the windfall. And you know what? We don't, we're not living that way. We're not really, well, she might be expecting, but we're not really expecting that to happen. That's not the way we're living. You know, but God doesn't want us relying on the windfall. There's a better plan. That's right here. In the middle of his outpouring of blessing. That's the plan. That's a plan that doesn't just work once in a lifetime. Because that's what all those are. This is a plan that works every day for the rest of your life. Get yourself back Into this plant, where am I? What do you do with the overflow? The overflow belongs to somebody else. The overflow is not yours. Yours is in here. Now, understand. I'm not saying that he's saying, "Hey, take from you know, take from your babies." No, no, no. Take from your education. No, no, no. Yours is here. It's provided for. But there's all this other that's around there, and we need to change our attitudes. Our attitudes is like we find something, we get a blessing, we're like, oh good, and we need to change our attitudes. And say, oh God, what, what are you doing here? We change our attitudes and ask the question, Jesus' doctrine is not a doctrine of monopoly. It's not like, oh, look at what I've got. That's not Jesus' doctrine. That's, that was never his doctrine. He, he never said, I'm going to bless the church so the church can be, no, I'm going to bless the church so the church can be a blessing. That's Jesus' doctrine. And, and when you start using this for yourself, this is yours, this is yours. Okay, but when you start using this for yourself and you never see that this, this, this was intended for somebody else, all of a sudden, all this goes away. You're cut off. There's no more. There's no more of that. I told you last week, I think I said it in all three sermons. For a lot of my ministry, I struggle preaching these kinds of messages because everybody thinks preachers and churches just want you money. But I don't, I don't struggle with that anymore because you listen to me because I am tired of hearing about you struggling financially now That doesn't mean I don't want you to tell me ever again. I want you to tell me so i can pray for you, okay But I'm tired of it. I'm ready for you to be blessed in abundant overflow I'm ready for you to get to the place. I'm ready for you to see This is your picture your life. I'm ready for you to be here. Are you ready for you to be here? Are you ready for this to be you again? I think we've all done that. We've all been blessed with too much. And instead of saying, God, what are you doing here? We've misused it. And then the blessing stopped flowing. And you need to, you need to change this, this attitude. You need to have this attitude and ask that question because... Yeah, if God, you know, he blesses you, your, your, your boss gives you, a, you know, a, a big bonus this week, and, and you're thinking, hey, we get to go on that vacation we've been wanting to go on, you need to ask God first. Because it could be God knows your transmission's going out next week, and he gave you a bonus this week to pay for your transmission next week. And then you went on a vacation a week before your transmission went out. It would be a good idea to talk to God say, God, you, man, I didn't expect this, God... Have I got some problem or have I got some blessing that I, you know, what's going on? And have, we need to have that attitude. Instead of finding a $20 bill saying, well, and put it in our pocket, you know, just like uh, Say, God, what are you doing here? Because here, here's the thing. Let me, let me share, share, share this little story with you. It just, just, just popped in my head. Now, I didn't share this in the first two messages today. But I, I've got a friend. I've got a friend who, in his business, his business is working for a huge corporation and he goes and he purchases. He, he purchases property to set up, these, set up the next place for this huge corporation to come in. And he, he buys property, goes in and, and he does it you know, so that he can get it at a low price because if they find out this big corporation is wanting it, you know what happens to the price? So he buys it at market value so they get a good deal on it. And occasionally he'll have someone figure out what's going on because he's bought a piece of property, and they're thinking, "Oh man, I can make a lot off that property." And so that, he'll get calls and say, "Hey, sell me that. You can make more in this one deal than they'll ever pay you. You know, you can make more in this one deal. you know, make more in this one deal than, than, than they'll pay you in two or three, four years, or several of the." And he said, "But you know, when I do that, when I decide to step out of that relationship." He said, that relationship will be over. It will be the last piece of property I buy for them. Understand, when you step out of this relationship, it's over. The overflow can't come to you anymore. When you no longer talk to God about what is it you want me to do, let's get you back in this place. And listen, as I said a moment ago, we've all done it. Let's get you back into this place. Last question. Who's the most blessed person? In this room today, let's vote. Okay, look, look around. Who do you think? Let's, no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, but who's the most blessed person? I know you look around at some people and you say, "Oh, they, they've got a better paying job than anybody in the room. They're the most blessed person." Or I saw them drive up in the nicest car in the parking lot. They are the most blessed person. How many grandkids and great grandkids you got, Sister Mary? Uh, no, 16. sixteen. There is nobody more blessed in the house than a lady who's got sixteen gra- grandkids and great. Listen, I got three. I'll tell you, they are a blessing. But isn't it sad when we start figuring out who's the most blessed? Isn't it sad how far we have gotten from God's definition of blessed? You know what blessed means? It means happy, it means full, it doesn't mean money, it doesn't mean stuff and things. As great as they are, it doesn't even mean grandkids. They are a blessing being blessed is happy being full having God just continue to pour into your life because of this covenant relationship that you are faithful to because think about it the person that's got the highest paying job sitting here right now they may also have the worst boss in town And whoever's got the nicest car out here in the parking lot right now they probably also got the highest car payment out there too right And that's not just 16 grandkids. That is 16 grandkids. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's always the good and the bad. We need to readjust our thinking on what blessed really means. What God means is blessed is to be full of my goodness and everything and that He wants to give to you. I want you to be blessed. I don't struggle preaching this message to you today and challenging you to be in covenant relationship with your money, too, because I want you to be blessed. I'm tired of you not living under overflow abundance. Would you stand? Come to the front with me, if you will. If you're a first-time attender, we like to close around front. We invite you to join us. We'll do a final prayer and sing a final song just right here close together. We invite you to join us. One last little thing to share with you. So who's the most blessed? I'm going to share it. I'm going to explain it to you from the story in John chapter 6. Y'all press in right here in the middle a little bit. Let's try to get everybody out of the aisle if we can. That story where Jesus fed the 5,000. Who was the most blessed? Was it the people that sat out there? I mean, if they sat down and they had the disciples coming to them, just like this Thursday, some of you are going to be sitting around the table or maybe in a recliner, and your wife or your mom or your grandmom is just going to be continue bringing food to you and bring just that, that's that's the way these people were until finally they said oh I can't take any more you know and they're just gorged out can't handle anymore were they the most blessed people they didn't work for it they just sat there and just received it maybe they were the most blessed or perhaps it was the disciples because the disciples they watched they they saw that one little lunch turn in to meals for 5,000 families they watched it happen that's a ble- if you've ever witnessed a miracle happen, that is a blessing to sit and say, wow. And the, they actually got to touch the blessing and help hand the, hand the miracle out. They got to touch it. They were blessed. Or maybe it's those people, like I talked about, maybe in the next town, that the next day or the next couple of days they're going to meet, they're going to say, you know, I know you hadn't had anything to eat in a while. Here's your lunch today. And let me tell you where it came from. And when they hear that, they weren't even a part of it, but they hear that story, and they receive that, and their bellies are full of Man, they were blessed. But they weren't the most blessed. The most blessed were not those who received. Jesus said the most blessed are those who give. Acts reminds us of that. You should remember the words of the Lord. Jesus is more blessed to give than to receive. The giver. The giver is most blessed. This little boy who gave his lunch. Because you know what? Yeah, he, he received... He ate just like the 5,000 families did. His belly was full, too. And just like the disciples who watched the miracle happen, he watched the miracle happen, too. But I don't think anybody's eyes were bigger than that little boy's because he was the one who gave it. He knows he was the instrument Jesus used to bless all of those families. Can't you see him? His eyes wide with amazement. Maybe, Maybe he didn't eat. Maybe he was... Too excited to, eat. running home, busting through the door. He's like, Mom, 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 got to tell, got to tell, got to tell. You. you know, she's like, Quiet! What are you talking about? Quiet down. Quiet. And he's got to tell. Can you hear the story? And him rattling it off. And later that day, for the rest of the week, everybody talking about that miracle and saying, Yeah, and it was little Johnny's lunch. How blessed! How blessed! You see, Jesus knows that. That's why He wants to do this for you because He knows what a blessing it is. To take what he has given to you on purpose for somebody else. That thing of handing the ice cream, not watching a kid eat an ice cream. That's fine, but it's not blessed. Blessed is handing it to them and saying, Here. And knowing the gratitude that is there and all of that. Jesus wants you to have that. So we need to change our attitudes. We need to say from now on, whenever something good happens in our life, What are you doing, God? When something happens, What are you doing, God? I, I don't want to miss an opportunity to keep this thing flowing because when, when, when this is flowing, look at your cup. Your cup just stays full <laughs> because if it's flowing on you, your cup stays full. You, you're not wanting, you're not lacking, your cup stays full but there keeps being more and more all around you for all the people around you that have needs. I'm going to pray for you. I want to pray that over your life. But you got, you, got, you, got, you got to change your attitude so that when blessings start happening, you say, well, wait, wait, God. So change your attitude right now. Get ready for the miracles to start happening. Get ready for the overflow to start happening in your life. Say, God, who do I need?